Chigue, an only way podcast series focusing on current matters in the Mi'kmaq community. To begin, we acknowledge that the land upon which we gather is unceded Mi'kmaq territory. Epiquit, otherwise known as Prince Edward Island, is covered by the historic treaties of peace and friendship. We pay our respects to the indigenous Mi'kmaq people who have occupied this land for over 12,000 years, past, present, and future. Hello and welcome. My name is Sean Doak. I'm a proud member of the Lennox Island First Nation and communications officer with Illinois. Welcome to Jigue. I'm your host, and today I am joined by my colleague, Annie Martin. Gwei, Annie, how are you doing today? Great, Sean. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Annie is a proud member of Millbrook First Nation in Nova Scotia. She has called Epiquit her home for the better part of 10 years, inspired by the warm people and the beautiful beaches and oceans that we have. Uh, she connects with her Mi'kmaq heritage through her wood-burning art, incorporating traditional motifs and imagery in her modern pieces and jewelry. She's traveled to shows throughout the Maritimes, including two years at the Mi'kmaq slash Indigenous Artisan Market of Epiquit. Annie works to forward the initiatives of Olnoy through her role as communications officer as well, focusing on social media, content creation, and visual design. Today, we'll be discussing Mi'kmaq History Month here in Epiquit. This is Olnoy's second year of celebrating Mi'kmaq History Month. Wigewigus, otherwise known as the animal fattening moon, is the Mi'kmaq word for October. And the Mi'kmaq have been here for over 12,000 years, as I said, before the wheel was invented, before the Egyptians even built pyramids. Um, it's kind of needless to say that there's so much history to celebrate. This year, for Mi'kmaq History Month, Olnoy held a giveaway slash draw, where people have been asked to submit questions pertaining to the Mi'kmaq for a chance to win some prizes. So Annie, can you tell us a little bit more about this, please? Yeah, sure. So through the collective knowledge and experience and education of our team at Olnoy, especially our historical researcher, we've been celebrating and sharing Mi'kmaq history through our social media platforms, steadily throughout this month and had amazing engagement. One of our ideas was to implement for Mi'kmaq History Month was to launch a giveaway. So for the giveaway, we asked our followers to ask us any questions they had about Mi'kmaq history, culture, language, traditions, and then to tag a friend that may have a question too. And then if they wanted to gain a bonus entry, they could share the giveaway on their social media platforms. Mm-hmm. So for prizes, we're giving away only way face masks, blankets, and notebooks. And the response to this has been incredible. In such a short time, we've had questions pouring in on all our platforms. Like it's been awesome to see such genuine interest and curiosity from our followers. And there's been so many great questions coming in. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I really love how this uh, engages and educates folks uh, at the same time while, you know, addressing specific questions that people have about the Mi'kmaq that they might not have had answered otherwise. And, you know, it is a fantastic way to connect with people who are trying to learn more. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do think it's a great initiative. So Annie, I have some of the questions that people have asked in front of me. So maybe we could uh, just go through them together and you could tell me a little bit more about the answers that were given. For sure. Okay, so for the first question, quote, where did the title Mi'kmaq originate from, end quote? So the word Mi'kmaq comes from the Mi'kmaq word Nigmaq, which means my family. So it's believed that when the Europeans arrived here, they mispronounced the word the Mi'kmaq were saying. 
So they may have heard Mi'kmaq instead of Nigma, and then basically that basically stuck as the name for the Mi'kmaq people, where actually the name for the Mi'kmaq have for themselves is Olnu or Olnug, meaning the people. It's what we call ourselves. Olnu is singular or descriptive, and Olnug is plural form. Another similar example, uh, the traditional Mi'kmaq name for Trakadi PEI was actually very similar sounding, Blahadik. Trakadi, Blahadik. You can kind of hear the similarities and it really paints a picture of how pronunciation and names can adapt and change over time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Another example actually would be Abeguit, A-B-E-G-W-E-I-T. Uh-huh. That's actually the name of one of the PEI Mi'kmaq First Nations, the other being Lennox Island First Nation. So then there's Ebiguit, Ebiguit, uh, E-P-E-K-W-I-T-K, is the traditional Mi'kmaq name for PEI. The literal translation of Ebiguit is something lying on the water, which was anglicized to Ebiguit with the A, and then changed poetically to mean cradled on the waves. Uh-huh, so they kind of romanticized it a little bit. That's yeah. really interesting. And I didn't know the, the word Mi'kmaq is believed to have come from the word Nigma. I think that's actually really interesting. So I just learned something as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a fun fact. Um, okay, so next question. Quote, what are some ways I, as a non-Indigenous person, can show support of the Mi'kmaq people? Lots of people want to show support and learn more about you, but don't know how to do it. End quote. So this was kind of a common question uh, that came in, uh, but the mm-hmm. basically education is the first step on the path to reconciliation. Uh, you can attend Mi'kmaq events such as a Maui-Omi, a gathering. You can take part in online courses or webinars being offered on Mi'kmaq culture, heritage, traditions. Um, it's important to learn about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and the 94 calls to action, the 231 calls to justice for the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, mm-hmm. and also just sharing what you're learning and inviting others to learn as well. One good place to start would be by checking out our website, olnaway.ca, and our social media. For those of you who don't know, our Facebook is Olnaway P-E-I, L apostrophe N-U-E-Y P-E-I. Our Instagram handle is at olnaway.ca, and Twitter is at Olnaway P-E-I. We share a lot of educational content, culture, history, relevant news articles, both our own content and content shared from other great resources. Mm-hmm. I can definitely attest to that. And I think I, I do agree that, you know, in order for reconciliation to take place, we, we all have a role um, and responsibility to educate ourselves on our shared history and, and learn about these calls that have been put forward. And I think it's absolutely crucial that people take some time to do this. You know, I'm Mi'kmaq and I've actually been taking some online courses uh, and webinars to learn more about my own my own heritage. So um, there's always <laughs> learning to be done. <laughs> there, yeah, there's so much to learn for sure. Okay, um, next question. So, quote, where can I get a Gwei t-shirt, end quote? So you can get a Gwei t-shirt at Mi'kmaq Printing and Design, which is an Indigenous social enterprise based out of Charlottetown. They have a great selection. Uh, You can check out their Facebook to contact them directly. Uh, For those who may not know, Gwei means hello in Mi'kmaq, and Mi'kmaq Printing and Design makes a range of clothing, not just Gwei t-shirts. So they have Mi'kmaq words, symbols, and designs on them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth noting, too, that they are truly fantastic people. I actually used to work with them, uh, and they just do great work over there. I was proud to be a part of that. Um, And I've actually noticed when I'm out and about that these shirts, the Gwei t-shirts, are a great conversation starter between non-Mi'kmaq and Mi'kmaq people. 
I actually have a Gwe t-shirt and I've worn it out many times. And it, uh, I've had people ask, actually ask me questions that lead to uh, a conversation and we start talking and, you know, they want to learn more and it ultimately leads to increased knowledge and uh, understanding, which I think is fantastic and kind of the whole, you know, what they're, uh, what they're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, next question. So quote, what are baskets made out of? I've seen them last for so long. Is there a few different materials? Wood? Is there glue used? End quote. <clears throat> so the woven Mi'kmaq baskets they're asking about, they range from practical to incredibly intricate and decorative. They can be made out of ash, maple, sweetgrass, and birch bark. The traditional way of making baskets was, and actually still is, without glue. It's just incredible skill and artistry. You'll find the same skill and artistry with our historical Mi'kmaq art and craftsmanship. For example, our canoe making, building wigwam, our quill work, beadwork, moccasins, etc. There's so many Mi'kmaq artisans across Everglades that carry on this craftsmanship, knowledge, and artistry today. Mm -hmm. And in my life, you know, I've seen firsthand some of the incredible things that our Mi'kmaq artists can do. I'm really always fascinated by like the intricacies, you know, the details and some of the meanings or teachings mm -hmm. that are behind them. I, I think it's very, very interesting to learn about. Okay, next question. Quote, Gwe. I, that's nice. They, uh, they used uh, Mi'kmaq to greet us. That's really nice. <laughs> Gwe, yeah. I've always wondered about the meaning behind women wearing skirts on powwow grounds and harvesting medicines. I remember serving at a powwow and a community member mentioned that I should be wearing a skirt. If non-natives are attending a powwow, would it be respectful to also wear a skirt? End quote. So the wearing of a skirt in Indigenous culture is to honor the female gender. For some ceremonies, such as harvesting medicines, wearing a skirt is strongly encouraged as it allows a person an opportunity to acknowledge their special role in life. So in short, yes, it, it would be respectful to wear a skirt also if you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I used to go to you know powwows when uh, that was ages ago before COVID nineteen, um, I saw women wearing dresses quite a bit actually, and uh, a lot of the female dancers there would wear jingle dresses, uh, which I've been told are used in healing dances uh, for people who are sick and things like that. And last year, I actually went sweetgrass picking with a group of elders and women. And I was the only guy there and I felt kind of left out because I was in shorts and a t-shirt and everybody else had on these beautiful dresses. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, um, okay, next question. Quote, can you recommend a book about the history of Mi'kmaq on PEI? End quote. Yeah, so there's not been very many books written specifically about the Mi'kmaq of PEI, but a good resource uh, I've learned uh, is Nina Onu, the Mi'kmaq of Prince Edward Island. Uh, this week also, we've shared a list of books by Mi'kmaq authors from across Mi'kma'ki on our social media platforms for you to look at if you're interested in reading more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually read some of Nina Ilnu, which is um, highly educational. I recommend um, to anybody else who's interested in learning more about the Mi'kmaq people, um, I recommend that they do the same. And I'll also be checking out that list for myself as uh, I could definitely use some new reading material. For those who may not know, what is Mi'kma'ki? So you've probably been hearing that word more and more lately. Mi'kma'ki is the word for the Mi'kmaq traditional territory. This territory includes all of PEI in Nova Scotia, Eastern New Brunswick, Gaspé Peninsula, and Southern Newfoundland. Yeah, it's actually really uh, expansive. I mean, like it covers such a vast area of the East Coast. I mean, almost really all of it in Canada. Next question, quote, how do you greet someone in Mi'kmaq, end quote? 
So you can say gwe, which means hello, or jalazi or ipjalazi, which means welcome or come in and sit down. So those are great ways to greet people. Uh, and some other useful phrases uh, that you could start using today would be ninda luisi, meaning my name is, so ninda luisi anjich, or uh, our way of saying see you later is nomotis. That's, that's pretty handy, you know, instead of just learning how to say hello, you can learn how to say see you later. Yeah. And uh, thank you. Uh, that's, I think you probably see that a lot too. Uh, Wulalin is thank you to one person and Wulalir is thank you to more than one person or a group, like uh, singular and plural. Well, I think that's actually a, a fitting way to end our conversation today. Uh, Wulal and Annie for joining me today to talk about Mi'kmaq History Month and for sharing some of the questions and answers uh, from the Onoe Mi'kmaq History Month giveaway. Uh, I hope everyone has enjoyed learning more about Mi'kmaq history and I hope they continue to do so. Lal and Sean for having me. Um, I just want to add for those interested in following us and learning more, you can check out our website, onoe.ca, and make sure to follow us on social media. And thanks to everyone also for your participation and engagement in Onoe's Mi'kmaq History Month celebration. Absolutely. And uh, we encourage our listeners to continue learning uh, about our history and the Mi'kmaq of today involving current events. We all have a role to educate ourselves on our shared history year round, not just for the month of October. There's so much to learn to work towards reconciliation. So I think it's important that we take that time. So to those who are listening and stay tuned for our next episode. I'm All my relations. To find out more about Ulnui and the Mi'kmaq rights reconciliation process, visit ulnui.ca.